regardless of whether you're looking for something more. Just nail the basic expectations, get it right, make sure that you're really comfortable and you're actually pushing the boundary of where you're at right now. Hey, my name is Felix Tia, and I'm the host of The Culture of Code. Each episode, we bring experienced and successful engineering leaders to come on and share their experiences, their advice, and what's worked and what hasn't worked for them to get their career to where they're at today. In this episode, we have Dylan Drop. Dylan is a seasoned software engineer and leader with over a decade of experience in the tech industry. He started his career as a software engineer doing freelance work for small startups, and then went to work for Blue Apron and Grubhub, where he eventually transitioned into management. Dylan held a variety of roles at Grubhub, managing teams, working on customer-facing features, and is now a senior engineering leader at Meta, where he's working on privacy-related projects. Welcome, Dylan. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> so you worked, again, doing a variety of freelance work for small startups. So tell us more about that experience. Is that like a career path that you recommend other aspiring, aspiring engineers and, and those that are early in their career take a similar path? What are some kind of pros and cons of that approach? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that for me, it helped out a lot in terms of kind of like getting my feet wet, understanding what it's like to have like ownership in a space that, you know, might not have many people sort of involved. But working at small startups, there's not a lot of people to course correct if things go wrong. So you have basically ownership of whatever problem that might be for better or for worse. And I think that was pretty valuable for me getting started. And something that is maybe not as available at the larger companies has their own path. But I think it sort of worked out for me and inspired some behaviors that helped me progress early on. Makes sense. And after you graduated school, you worked at Blue Apron, which is probably a household name at this point. But it was back then just a Series A where there's only 70 employees. What about that transition into working at a no longer kind of these freelance projects, but a much smaller startup environment, especially Series A, which is now the company's grown much, much more since then. What was it like working at kind of the ground floor while a company like that was being built? Sure. The previous jobs I had had were much more from the ground up. So I was familiar with basically the entire code base end to end. And then when I went to work at Blue Apron, I did have some familiarity with the tech stack. I got started through Beyond Rails, which is now maybe like a little bit more out of fashion. But that's sort of how I got into Blue Apron. Joining there while I was being built up, I actually think I was like, yeah, this is kind of the norm. Startups go super rapidly, and I'm just here here as a part of that. I would say getting involved with it, though, ground up, like I saw a lot of changes. There were process changes. We introduced career leveling at some point. I was growing as well. So it was a really great experience for me and also helped me kind of see how that thinking goes on in the startup world and like when processes are introduced, like what leads to something successful or not. Yeah. And I think startups can be kind of glamorized or that it's fun and exciting throughout. But what are some of the cons of working at much smaller startups compared to like joining a more established like Fortune 500 company? What are some of the things that people should be aware of that are maybe harder to recognize on the outside that you experience or that you know others that have experienced once working at a smaller startup? Sure. So I think some of the cons are these larger companies, which I've kind of come to experience at Meta in particular, is that you don't always have a great idea of like what the picture perfect goal of every single part of a business, well-operating tech operation 
all those things should really look like as like the ideal sort of North star in your mind. And I think that it's only in kind of like working for those companies where you see the operation, like really working very tightly that you kind of understand how things should work. And I think starting straight from smaller companies, we get seasoned engineering leaders, business leaders come in generally as the company grows. But I think there is something to be said from the benefit of just having that sheer concentration of caliber of talent at those larger companies that you might not get at the smaller one. Makes sense. And you credit your career growth to asking for more responsibilities throughout the time at Blue Apron and Grubhub. Can you tell us more about how you went about that and how it actually impacted your career? Sure. So I would say that for each sort of stage of this, there would be periods where I kind of grew comfortable. So it was natural for me to kind of like ask for more to do, mostly honestly, because I didn't want to be bored. As a more junior software engineer, that might mean just asking for more work to do, like what is some important problem that needs to be solved. And then as it progresses into more leadership, what are some processes that you can lead or things that you can get exposure to, things that you're seeing kind of like other tech leads or managers do that you haven't done before. And then you kind of like try and fail at it and then get better. And then you sort of perfect that. And then the new boundary of what comes is like, hey, how can I be doing even more? And then you sort of progressively build on that more and more. Yeah. What I see too is that when you are more junior and you're asking for more responsibilities, you're typically coming to your manager or your product manager or your lead and asking for what else can I be working on? And then eventually once you've done that enough, the expectations start to shift where you are now coming and identifying what problems that you should be working on, the team should be working on it, and why you should be working on it. Can you talk a little bit about maybe that transition where now you are expected or that the next stage in your career is to identify the problems and then to essentially vie for the budget or the time or the resources to actually work on it? What kind of skills are involved or how to do that? Sure. So I think you got it right. Basically, as you get more and more sort of senior or higher up in the chain or what have you, you're basically more just trying to identify what could be better about the team or about the company, things that you're leading. So I think as a technology leader, times that have happened is when I was working at Grubhub, we had like this business problem of we don't have a good handle on how pricing works and like the level of controls that we have. And then it was kind of up to me to identify like what would a good team structure look like? What would the technology look like? Things like that. So I think that the skills needed for that sort of thing was basically interpreting the problems at hand, which in this case were around figuring out what specifically the end state kind of looked like. So you have to kind of be able to visualize that in your mind and have the experience to see how that would operate in practice, like at grub up and know the various challenges that would be involved and make the right trade-offs or projecting a year or two ahead of time to figure that out. And I think that kind of like projecting that picture ahead of time is really important. You need some experience in order to do that. You need a good amount of familiarity with your company's tech stack. You need a good sense of like how the relationships work, all that sort of thing in order to figure out what you might do as a technology leader to chart your course there. Yeah. And one thing that I'm hearing too, is that 
because there's so much more context that's required in order to do your job well at these levels where you are solving kind of unseen problems, there are just so much more, I guess, context that is required from just spending more time within a company that it seems like it makes it harder to transition to different jobs because you built so much institutional knowledge about how the teams work, how different relationships work, and like just a lot of the intricacies that just don't transfer between companies. So maybe you talk about when you first started your job and that you're at the senior level where you are expected to solve again unseen problems. What do you like to do to try to build that context, to try to understand the landscape so that can try to solve these kind of problems? Yeah, a good kind of experience call out. So I recently transitioned to Meta and I'm working in privacy. I think a lot of kind of what helped me get situated was two things. One is speaking to the engineers, really trying to like understand what they're working on, some of the challenges that they've had in the past. It could be very like team specific, trying to understand what has worked, what hasn't worked, stuff like that. And also sort of the nature of like some of the concerns that they might have. The other aspect of it is talking to other senior leaders on the team and getting a sort of context of how they think about things. So I think that kind of bi-directional approach where you're speaking to both the people hands-on working on things and also some of the leaders who are help sort of charting the course, you can get a better sense of the landscape of how all things work. And then the more you kind of like talk to other folks, get that sort of one-on-one from people in aggregate, you sort of build that larger. I think the more you do that, the more you try to delve into the details and understand, you can sort of build a composite picture in your mind might differ from other people's, but that's also okay. But the more you try to build that composite picture in your mind from everyone's shared experience, you will do a better job of sort of charting where things. That makes sense. Now for individual contributors, just engineers and not necessarily managers, how do you recommend that they balance taking on more responsibilities, but then also not, or rather, should they be concerned with biting off more than they can chew? Is that like the concern that you think your reports or that others that are similar situations where they want to expand the scope of their responsibilities, but have this fear that they may be stepping into too big of a territory? How do you recommend they kind of deal with that fear or that concern? Or how do you mitigate that, that potential outcome? Yeah. I do think it's important at every level to nail the basic expectation and always, regardless of whether you're looking for something more, just nail the basic expectations, get it right, make sure that you're really comfortable and you're actually pushing the boundary of where you're at right now for an IC. That might mean that you are producing really good code throughput, nailing your projects, getting the estimations right, maintaining good collaborations with the other engineers. You're starting to be seen as like a go-to person, subject matter expert on things. For a manager, that means your team is in a healthy spot. People are progressing in their careers, things along that side of things. Once you feel like really good about that, I think it's important to start to add on things that you could be doing more. And this is sort of like at the intersection of company problems and things that you might be like a little bit less comfortable handling. So basically like what you're looking for is a balance of like uh, producing things at a very high rate, a very high impact to your immediate and known area, balancing that with 
a little bit of uncomfortability. And then as you progress, you're sort of starting to take on those things that you were previously less comfortable, they become comfortable and you sort of ebb out a little bit, so to speak, and try to move that boundary a little bit further each time. Yeah. And I know we've been talking a lot about this uh, kind of constant career growth and progression, but what are your thoughts on balancing this need to maintain momentum in your career, but then also spending time to reflect and appreciate where you're currently at and the role that you're at? Do you find that you have enough time for that? Is that something that you recommend others try to find time for? Like, where do you strike that balance? Yeah, I've definitely been someone who there's, I've had growth in sort of at times that is exceeded my comfortability and sort of like some big challenge that came up that I needed to help solve. I think it's important to go between comfortable and uncomfortable at times. So maybe like three months on, three months off. I think that if you're always in the uncomfortable stage, you risk kind of getting burnt out. And if you're always in the comfortable stage, then you risk kind of getting bored, or at least I do. So I think that you want to kind of at least for me, what's worked for me is going between those two to try to have some sort of maintainable progression where I'm sort of scratching the need for to do some new things, but also taking some time to kind of be comfortable and just do a really solid job of where I'm at. I want to talk a little bit about the transition again from working at startups to now a much larger company like Meta and that the feeling between where there's a much smaller startup where there's just less resources versus a big company like Meta where there are more resources, but there's also more process and maybe more bureaucracy that, that comes with it. And maybe we can talk first about the bureaucracy and the processes that come with larger companies. How did you get better at dealing with it or working within the kind of the bounds or the, the maze maybe of all the processes and maybe bureaucracy that comes with Yeah. So in my career, actually, it's kind of been interesting since I've worked at progressively larger companies, there's been progressively more bureaucracy. I would also say, though, that at a company like Meta, there's actually a desire to kind of like efficientize some of those bureaucracy procedures and stuff as well. So I think that part of my job is actually kind of like paying down that bureaucracy costs. I think that for processes, it comes at a cost and you sort of have to evaluate whether it's working or not and whether it actually makes sense. I think in dealing with it personally, I sort of evaluate things from that lens where it's like, I try to figure out for those processes, usually they exist for a reason. Is there a way that you can use your own knowledge of the situation to make it more efficient? Is it really solving its purpose? If it is, then I think I can feel a little bit more comfortable with it. If there's a way that I can make it more efficient, that's actually like a good sort of like room for growth and something that you can contribute to the company. Makes sense. Now, your role specifically now is not just a manager of ICs, but you're a manager of managers where your focus is on setting up these other managers for success and that they're working on the most impactful things. And I think this is probably also relevant for ICs where there's this focus on whether you're spending your time on the most impactful things or not. Do you have a specific rubric or process that you go through to filter out all the things that could be done down to, and distill it down to just like the most impactful things? Like what's your process? I wouldn't say I have so much as a process, so much as that there are kind of like common sense things that you can kind of glean from what people are saying to, again, put it back to that sort of like aggregate picture of how things are operating. 
At any given time, you can speak to engineers on the team or the leaders on the associated with your sort of area to f figure out like what are the most pressing things and kind of prioritize with that in mind. So, uh, for example, maybe the most pressing thing is like, hey, we aren't working on anything super important right now. We need a new focus. So I'll go and take and spend some time on that. Or perhaps it's like our team isn't collaborating well with others. I think all these things you can generally sort of like glean from one-on-one -on -one conversations with others. Sometimes, though, you have to kind of infer it yourself where maybe it is sort of lack of business opportunity or something like that, where you're like taking a step back and kind of every so often seeing like, hey, we can be achieving more. I sort of have a feeling that we can be achieving more. And so what are some things that you can do, either leveraging relationships within your company or just like brainstorming some new ideas with maybe product leaders or business leaders to like boost your business impact, something along those lines. It isn't so much like a rubric or a template, but you sort of try to, from the inputs that you have, try to suss out what is the most important thing, what is the most top of mind for everybody. Makes sense. Now, what would you say are some of the biggest or maybe the biggest misconception or myth about what it's like to be a manager or a leader at a huge tech company like Meta? Probably one of the biggest misconceptions, or I think especially from folks who aren't as involved in maybe leadership conversations, is probably we don't know what they do. Like when I was a junior engineer, like all I knew is, hey, these people just like the org and then make broad announcements every so often. So I think there's sort of just like a dark shadowy figure kind of like, what do these people actually do? In reality, what I spend a lot of time doing is some of the things I just mentioned around solving whatever the biggest problems are and also figuring out strategy. So figuring out strategy is very important. Setting up relationships is very important. So I can like help pronounce or multiply the team. And then also just making sure that the team is healthy. And I can do this in a number of ways through one-on-one -on -one feedback, other inputs that I might have, just sort of like observing the team's output, how we're tracking against our goals. That's what I really spend the most of the time doing. And some of those like more, you know, stark things like reorgs and broad announcements really only they're sort of like the loudest things that I do, but it, it's definitely not what I spend the most of my time doing. Awesome. Well, appreciate you pulling back the currents there and telling us more about what goes on. But maybe one last question here is uh, one of the common questions that listeners give us or that I'm sure you receive too is that. The question of how do I get to the next level? When you hear someone asking that question, what's your immediate kind of response? Or what's your immediate question back to them? Or maybe do you have an answer whenever someone asks you that specifically more geared towards ICs that are software engineers that are looking to go from junior to more mid-level role or mid-level to a senior role, maybe senior to even like a staff level role. What's your answer to them when they ask a question like that? Yeah, I would say it's kind of context specific because it, it depends on two things. It depends on the person. It depends on what exactly it is that they are going for, whether that's like, as you said, like those number of progressions that you listed out. So, you know, if it's a more junior to say like mid-level or even up to staff, really, it has to do with really getting familiar with not only your technical area, 
but broader technical areas as well, just sort of broadening that scope and being really familiar a subject matter expert, someone that's really seen as the person to go to for a number of things. And you can do this in a number of ways, reviewing others' code, getting involved in mentorship with those areas, and or contributing directly yourself. And also complexity is very important. So as you sort of gain more experience, you are able to do more things you're hopefully able to do, do more complex things as well. And once you gain more comfortability in that, you sort of upped your game. For managers, it's a little bit different because usually when people are transitioning to manager, it's a very different job. So in addition to being able to do some of the things that I mentioned, deal with sort of increased scope, really knowing your area, you should also be more mindful that like this is a career path that's more of like a supporting role. So how can you step back from the code and really allow others to grow. I think that usually in my experience, it's good to treat it as sort of like an experiment to see whether or not it would be something that would be good for you. Because it, since it is such a paradigm shift towards management, you don't want to sort of like go all in and then potentially jeopardize, say, team health just for the sake of kind of like experimenting with this one path. I think it's important you want to sort of treat this as an experiment. You know, if it doesn't work out, then there's always career progression in sort of like the IC path as well, which can make you equally, if not more impactful. Yeah, I think that's a good good way of phrasing it, which is to treating it as an experiment. I think a lot of listeners might think that's a final decision, whether you go down the IC track or the management track and you make a decision and that's it for the rest of your life. But I think it's, it's much different than that. You can always try it out, hopefully get it not in a way where you are affecting the, the team health in a way where the experiment is maybe more controlled or bounded. But the point is that you can decide that this is not for you and, and back away from it. So I appreciate you sharing that perspective. So Dylan Drop, again, Senior Engineering Manager at Meta. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience and your advice. Thanks so much. And that's all the time we have this episode. Come hang out with us next time on The Culture of Code. Again, my name is Felix Tia. Take care.